And she said that was the best memory of her life. And she said, because I learned that you're never going away. You're always going to be there for me. You have to think of that, those priorities and what makes you come alive. Because when you're more alive, your marriage is going to be yeah. better. Your kids can see that we can put a smile on for so long. Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. This is Graham Clark, and today we have two special guests, our friends Andrew and Janelle Devlin who are great examples of strategic parents. They're in business together, they're active in their community, they dive into life with their kids, they have a vibrant marriage, and they just have a ton of energy, which you're certainly gonna pick up on during this interview. And I just love that Andrew and Janelle are right alongside those of us who have children in the home. So they really know the joys and challenges of trying to be faithful in what God has called us to. This episode is a little bit longer, but Andrew and Janelle just have so many good things to share with us. They're strategic, they're thoughtful, they're fun, and I just know they're going to encourage and challenge you in really cool ways. All right, let's roll it. Well, I am excited to introduce to you guys today my friends Andrew and Janelle Devlin. They are the hosts of the Love Plus Money podcast, and they're great family friends of ours. Andrew, Janelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Awesome. It is a privilege to have you guys. And I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today because you guys just have so much to share about health, all kinds of health, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. And I'm just really looking forward to this discussion and how we can encourage families as we strive to be on mission for the Lord and what you guys can teach us about what the Lord has taught you through your ministry and your business activities and your communities. So I'm just really looking forward to this discussion. Well, before we get into all that, let's just do a basic introduction of who you are, where you live, and how many kids you have, and all that good stuff. We have four children. We have a 10, 11, 11, and 13-year-old. And the fun fact is in January, we'll have three 11-year-olds. For 24 days. 24 days. 24 days of three 11-year-olds. But yeah, we lived in Colorado for 18 years. And then this June, we moved to southern Utah, about 90 minutes away from Vegas. And a little more about us, I guess, is we've adopted two of our four kids. So most of you probably already figured that out. And that was definitely not something that we thought would be part of our story. Uh, At least I didn't. I think um, Andrew always hoped to adopt. His dad was adopted. And so he always said, I'd like to adopt. And I thought, whoa, buddy, that is pretty sure that's for other people and not me because I've just never even really thought about it. It doesn't really, anyway, nope. God had other plans as he does. He showed his way and uh, it's been the most, the most fulfilling part of our lives. And it's added to our marriage. It's been amazing for our marriage. It's been great for hard for our marriage, hard for yeah. our marriage but it's really, it's, it's shaped us in a lot of ways. Yeah. So we definitely grew. And this month is National Foster Care Awareness Month. And so this will be this November 17th will be four years since our adoption day of the two girls. Excellent. Now, I know most of this episode, we're going to focus on health, but I do want to dive in real quickly on the adoption story. And obviously we could do an entire episode on this and the amazing things that God has done through that. But as I think about, you know, title of our podcast, Strategic Families, one of the most strategic decisions, if you will, that you can make is decide to take in a child through adoption. I think it's amazing. It's not something that we've talked a lot about on the podcast. So I wonder if you could just share 
sort of a broad brushstroke of how the Lord worked that out in your family. Yeah, it was, so it had been on my heart for a long time. Um, I, you know, I had a, not the uh, greatest uh, experience when I was a kid. So I feel like one of the best ways we can heal is help the people that we were, that makes sense. Mm. So it's like, how do we help kids? So we were over in Kenya and, you know, we were planting fruit trees at a school and just like kids everywhere. Safari, but then it was a lot of humanitarian kind yeah. of stuff. So And um, just felt like God was saying, hey, you know, this is this is something. And we're like, well, what does that mean? And it sounds so cheesy, but I was watching a movie called Machine Gun Preacher. Machine Gun Preacher. And, you know, it's translating. A, he says, what's that, what's that yeah, movie? Machine and, Gun um, Preacher. It's a story of a guy who finds his purpose and he helps kids um, over in Rwanda by extracting them. And um, I got like halfway through the movie and I just felt like God said, you're supposed to help kids. And I was like, what does that mean? Like I, I had a buddy who would go over to Asia and extract kids from like sex slave, um, you know, camps, if that's the right word. And I was like, well, I don't shoot guns. I don't know any of this stuff. He said, like, what does it mean? So Long story short, we heard um, at church that um, there were 600 kids in Colorado that were looking for a home today. But generally, people don't take foster kids because there's generally substance abuse or sexual abuse in their background. And people really want babies. And um, so we were like, so we went to foster training. And it was a it was a. Project one. So project 127 and based on James 127 about caring for the orphans and the widows. So, you know, great. what we did, and this is part of our, our takeaway that we, we bring into every conversation about this and just even about our spiritual walk is you don't have to know the A through Z to say yeah. yes to God. You just have to know his word, his promises, what he, what he tells us. And you just take that next step. So we say, you know, for us looking at adoption felt like looking at a, it was like looking at a raging river. We were like, Oh my gosh, and we were how, thinking one kid, how are we going to cross this? Because you know, there's going to be trials. And I would say anybody that's listening, that's adopted or, or has, has had any involvement in this, you just know there's going to be stuff that's going to come. It is not going to be easy. It's not going to be seamless, but you just take that one step. So it's that we believe that the visual that I felt the Lord gave me was that stepping stone coming up just in the right time. But I didn't know what where the next stepping stone was going to be, but I knew he'd lead me across. Yeah. So um, and he surely did. And we didn't know we didn't we didn't know what would be two months ahead, but we knew what we had going on right now. We knew we could do that day. We knew how we could be yeah. walking in faith that day. And that's that's been the beauty of the journey. Then you, we look back. Adoption day was this big deal. It was amazing. It was, you know, it did. Uh, it was we made it a really special day. And, you know, it can be so you get to that moment and you're celebrating, but you look back and you get to see how God led you through all of those steps and all of that uncertainty. So, and I think for me, when it came to me saying, oh my gosh, yes, we are totally supposed to adopt was me realizing it's not about my fears of, well, what if I get a kid that this, what if, what if there's a kid that is like, I can't worry about that because you actually had a lot of negativity from Christians um, saying what if you what if they do this what if they do what this? if you get a kid that you know something with your with well, your is that or... sexual abuse and what if they act out on our kids and, and that's was... what everybody thinks about but doesn't want to say to be honest and that wasn't even a part of our girl's story really at all it was neglect like they just needed love and boundaries and so I guess just to I guess the that's a big part of our story is that it 
it was just being able to say, okay, the kids though, don't deserve any of this. It's usually because of bad parental decisions. And so they don't deserve having this life. So what makes me, this is just, just my conversation between me and the Lord, but like, what makes you think that you should just have it easy? Like, why do you think you should choose the easy card? If you're called to this, we don't, we're not ones that say every single Christian should adopt. Got, you, you need to be called. You need to do your calling, but you need to be open to what that calling is. And sometimes it's supporting other families that are yeah. adopting or fostering. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you guys have done and what the Lord has done through you. And adoption just always makes me think of what God has done for us, all believers in Christ. He's adopted us into his family. And what a beautiful picture it is to see that in, you know, in, in our day and age and in, in your family and so many other families, it's amazing. And I love what you said about, you just need to know what the Lord has called you to. And, you know, obviously be obedient to that. And you guys were, what an awesome story of his grace and goodness. And yeah, honestly, now we just don't even think of them as adopted. It's That's not, what I was just thinking. it's not like, oh, there's the adopted kids. It's just, it's the kids and they're all very different all of their own unique personalities and there's ups and downs and roller coasters and you know but we are a family and you know janelle will say a lot two grew in my belly and two grew in my heart and i can't remember which is which <laughs> you know, sometimes people are a little uncouth and they're like you know the kids are all there with me and they're like so which two are your real kids <laughs> like i don't even remember which two were adopted but you know that is so cool guys thanks for Thanks for sharing about that. I just, I love to see how the Lord knits together families. One of the things we always talk about when we get with families and, and doing ministry, we, we talk about the fact that this is not a random assortment of people that are in your family, right? This is not like, oh, we got lucky. No, this is the Lord sovereignly orchestrating exactly who he wanted in your family. And sometimes that's through birth and sometimes it's through adoption. Sometimes it's through both. And it's awesome what the Lord does through all of those means. I love it. Maybe we could do a whole episode on this. Maybe we should, but let's go ahead and move on to, I'd like to talk about health. I know that health is such a, it's a passion for you guys. And it's not just something you read about in books that you guys live it. You, you breathe it. You've, you've passed it on to your kids and I, I want to dive into it. And so first I just want to establish why, what's the big deal about, you know, we, people talk about physical activity all the time and exercise, and we all know we need more of it. And, you know, yours truly included. But let's, you know, just go a little deeper and, and because it's physiological, it's also spiritual, you know, physical health ties to spiritual health a lot. It's not really a great question there, but you guys start talking, teach us. No, we got you. This is, this is what we love talking about in addition to adoption and all the things. Are we to start? Go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing. This is going to be no surprise to anybody, but we have hundreds of millions of people who are spending hundreds of billions of dollars a year on things, products, foods, drinks, whatever, to feel better, to feel different in the moment, to feel something different right now, whether it's that energy drink or it's, it's the Starbucks mocha choco frappa latte, whatever it is, we're wanting something to make us feel different. And so knowing that and knowing that we are fast paced, we're juggling a lot of things. Sometimes we can just look at health as a number. Maybe it's, you know, just our blood pressure or it's our body fat percentage. But I think we all know if we're not healthy spiritually, mentally, and physically, uh, it's real hard to, to do our purpose and to do our purpose well. Yeah, it's hard to be a parent and it's hard to be a spouse and it's hard to be you. Uh, 
you know, if you're not at your best. And I feel like most people to choose short-term pleasure for long-term pain. And it's like they're trying to get through the day with unsustainable short-term hits and it wrecks the bodies. And they come back and I've been there where I worked two jobs. I came home thinking I was going to be a good dad, good husband, because I was getting back to fall asleep on the couch. That That's it. And now I drive past the gym, you know, to go home to try and be this good dad who would always fall asleep. And I didn't make my health a priority. And I was trying at that point, two kids and a marriage. And, you know, what I've realized is if you want to be in shape, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If you're out of shape, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If you want a good marriage, it's going to be hard. If you want a bad marriage, it's going to be hard. If you want to make money, it's hard. If you're going to be broke, it's hard. So it's all hard. Just choose your hard. Yeah. One of the things you're getting at there is that it's pay me now or pay me later. Sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to push it off the road. Well, that's just pay me later. What you guys are helping us see is that when we take the time to focus on our health, yes, it's going to cost you something, right? It's, it may cost a gym membership. It may cost time to go out and run. You guys jump in here, making sure that we're in good health, that we're getting proper physical activity. What does that allow us to do as parents? And, and how can we be more effective? Nobody ever went out for a gym workout or run or any sort of physical activity and said, I feel worse. You always feel better. God made us to be yeah. spiritual, mental, physical, emotional. We have this part of our health. Our health is not, again, just a number. It's not just our just one aspect of it. It's so much of us. So how interesting that he made us to when we get out, he made these little guys called endorphins that get pumped. We're not feeling like going out for a run. I mean, I made myself train for my first half marathon, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. And it was like, I was, I was always a horrible runner. I never liked to run. I played soccer. I did sports. I was always really active, but I always hated to run, but I knew I needed a different challenge. And I never once looked forward to going out to run. There, but I, There may have been tears before some of the runs. Cause it was a, it was a, it was a plan. And she's like, I got seven See, miles, I blocked it out. seven right? miles to do. So I remember I said, right, here's a seven mile loop. And she went, okay. So she comes back and I, it was from a high school back to the high school. I was like, how did you get there? She goes, well, I ran. And I was like, well, how did you get back? She goes, I ran. I said, so that was nine miles. And it was like, there was a light bulb click for her. And she's like, if I can run nine miles, I can do this marathon. So I remember that. Yeah. So, so. I think the thing is that's, that's only to say people that are listening have their own thing. And if they haven't, then I encourage you to start jumping into that. You, we tell ourselves way too often what we can't do and what we're bad at. And yeah. we just need to stop it, especially as believers, because especially when it comes to our physical health, it's amazing how God shows up. You get out for a run, you know, Graham, you get out physically active. You guys were in Colorado last summer. Like you get out in nature and something lights up inside of us. And here's the thing, actually scientifically proven now. So I went through this certified mental wellness coaching certification in April. And it was so interesting because there's so much, I think we've heard about, um, you know, blue therapy, green therapy, like put, having our shoes off and having, what do they call it? Grounding on the grass. And I was like a total eye roller. Cause I had a few friends a few years ago that were like, I need to get outside and ground. And I was like, Oh yeah, what's going on here. And there's so much science saying when we are in nature. There are certain parts of our brain that light up that we feel more calm, that our heart will kind of sink, even like with our spouse, like when we're in nature yeah. and you're close, 
physiologically there is even change with a dog in the body that's the thing we we never going to come back and say that was horrible but we naturally want to be this comfortable we we naturally want to kind of see what's predictable and i yeah. think that's sometimes when we look at health it's what does health mean to you is health dieting painful exercise at the gym depriving yourself, feeling uncomfortable in workout clothes. If that's health to you, we need to erase that. And we need to come up with a new definition of what health is. And I could say nothing more than that. And I would hope that that would trigger people to go, yeah, let's talk about what health really is. And sometimes we need to go back and say, what did you love doing when you were a kid? Yeah. What did you love doing when you were 20? Okay, Most see. adults have got boring. Boring. <laughs> You know, um, one of the best workouts you can do is laser tag. Go with some friends, play laser tag. You'll be dripping with sweat. You'll get, you're going to get beaten and annihilated by 10-year-olds. Well, I've taken <laughs> guys then, like, laser tag. And then they come out with massive grins on the face. And I'm like, you're boring. We've lost the ability to play. Andrew made me do a Zoom this exact time. Last week, he... I shouldn't say made me, but he kind of challenged me to go do this class at the gym that was like a Zumba class, which is normally not my thing. Because he said, you've been way too serious lately. You need to go, like, go have some fun. And I came back and he was like, whether or not you want to admit it, you have this huge grin on your face. She's and it was glowing. Yeah. Because it was silly and I was like not good at it. And I was laughing at myself and I was with a bunch of 20 year olds. So sometimes we just need to just have some fun. Yeah. Right. It, it can be too serious. And so... I feel like if we can play, wrestle with the kids, you know, do do something, do a silly diving competition at the pool with the kids or whatever, consistency will be enthusiasm long-term. Mm. So some people can be really enthusiastic and a month later it's gone. So I'm going to go and do my three weight workouts a week. And I don't, I don't like going to the gym, but I like what the gym does for me outside because it's vital that I have the energy and drive for my marriage, for my kids, and for my business. And then I mountain bike uh, two to three times a week. So that's my cardio. And it's scheduled into my calendar. So I go whether I want to or not. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I've been sat in the parking lot going, I don't want to do this. I've got our ride uphill. I don't feel like it. Maybe I should quit this sport. And at the end of almost every ride, apart from when I've crashed, um, I'm like, oh, that was so worth it. I feel alive. You never regret it. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never, like, honestly, driving there, I'm never that enthusiastic about going. I'm just like, oh, it's early, it's hot, it's what, whatever. It's like, oh, I want to sweat like a pig. But at the end of it, I feel great. So I just put it into my schedule and it's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable for my marriage. It's a non-negotiable for my kids. We are the embodiment of what our children either will want to be or they want to be the exact opposite. So I want to show them how a, ma a successful marriage works. I want to give them a, like, a, a, like a video where they can see a successful marriage in action, but also that healthy adults, not ju not again, just not, it's, this is not about what shape you're in. It's about you being healthy. And do activity. They don't stop. You know, we're not sitting on the couch. And I'm passionate about this, but most people spend more time watching other people win than winning themselves. They'll see the football player run across that painted line with a bit of pig in the hand, and they will jump up and down and scream for that person 
And they're like, we won. We, you didn't win anything. You ate potato chips and drank soda. <laughs> like, there's no win. So go and get a win in your own life. So many parents, once they get married, I'm like, well, what do you do for fun? And they look at me like I've got two heads. It's like Andrew's known for asking that question. And it's always so good because most of the time, not, not always, but most of the time you do get that look like, oh, fun, fun. Aren't you going to ask me what I do for work? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask, as it relates to family, I think you've touched on something that most parents can identify with, most people probably listening, which is, yeah, that all sounds great. I don't have any time. You know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know where I could fit in, you know, just one more activity. Like, there's just so much going on. And I love what you said, Andrew, about how it's non-negotiable. I wonder if you could just talk about that a minute, just, you know, speak to that family that is like, you know, maybe they've gotten a little sedentary. Maybe it's, you know, they just don't have a lot of physical activity. They don't know where they can fit it in. What would you say? You talk mindset and I'll talk physiologically right. what happens. All you're trying to do is be more active than you were last week. So if you were sedentary last week, do five push-ups, five squats, and five jumping jacks. And you've just crushed last week. <laughs> That's awesome. That's it. Just start. Just like, and then next week, beat that. And over the course of a year, two years, five years, you, you're going to be in such great shape, but we're not competing with who we were in high school. I'm not trying to get back to being in my high school shape. I'm just creating better health, strength, endurance today than I had yesterday. And also I would say one thing that, that comes up a lot with that is that we have to just, just decide what that change is going to be for us. So two things just popped into my mind at the same time, but it's just deciding that you're going to do something different. If time with Andrew, and I'll just tell you what we do. We get out for a walk. If we're going to talk most of the time, we just say, well, let's go for a walk and talk. Most of us can do that. So that's something as well. You're getting, you're able to talk and connect and that's not hard. And most of us, you know, we did this in Colorado. We put on all of our layers. The kids would be cleaning up after dinner. And I get that sometimes depending on the age of your kids, but we are kind of in this sweet, you know, once the kids, the youngest was like nine, we could kind of, we started by walking around a group of like five of our houses. We just did a very small circle over and for over like 40 again because just... we were close to the kids, but then we started going for a longer walk. So to do that, that might just be the thing where you say, Hey, let's just, have that be our thing 30 minutes in the evening. Again, our kids clean up dinner while we go for a walk most nights. So then you're talking and you're getting activity in. And the other thing is, again, like, like I said, you, you were leading into this, but it's just deciding that you're going to schedule it in. I'd say, you know, working out is my Prozac. When I'm working out, I feel like that just like mentally, yeah. I'm just different. Well, now we know that physiologically that's what happens. Like you not only releasing those endorphins, but what's happening when you're working your muscles and you're getting the fresh air, or even if you're on a treadmill, when you're being active, when you're eating the healthier foods, things change in your brain chemistry. So sometimes it's just knowing, just like you said, with the activity, we might not feel like it. You might not feel yeah. like choosing the, the salad with chicken and, you know, apple that might not be what you choose for lunch. But if your goal is to lean up and to be healthier, that's going to be a choice. That's going to take you closer to your goals and chances are you're going to feel amazing afterwards. And that's going to help you to make the next best decision. So I think that's just it is we can overcomplicate it. We overthink things way too much yeah. and we just need to start moving. So 
all of us can do it. People will spend, like you said, more time on Facebook. I encourage you to check your screen time on your phone. And that's a real, I had a real wake up call a few months ago. And I was like, I, it's showing my screen time. Now I did a lot of work for my phone, but it was crazy. It was like eight hours a day. And I was like on my phone. Yeah. So I had to really like, when am I going to stop? And when am I going to unplug? November is when most people start getting more sedentary and then December and more food. And I was like, right, what's your outcome for the end of November for your, for, for your health and fitness? None of them. That's normally a January conversation, not a November. <laughs> um, and I was like, what if we went into Christmas, the healthiest we've been in years? So, you know, people go, well, what about Thanksgiving? And I was like, got you. Have an hour where you can eat whatever you want. You give yourself an hour to just have 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 the trimmings, have the, all the stuff. But give yourself that hour that you can eat whatever you want. And then I like to think of myself as an athlete, whether I look like one or not. But I'm like, what would an athlete eat today? You know, rather than what do I want? Yeah. Well, one of the things that occurred to me as you guys were talking about, you know, sometimes not wanting to make these healthier decisions sometimes, which is true of all of us, is this idea I heard years ago, I heard someone say, sometimes our hearts need to follow our hands. In other words, you know, and I've been guilty of this many times where I sit around and I go, well, I just don't feel like it. You know, I don't want to do something unless I actually feel like it. Well, sometimes I think that's garbage. Like we sit around waiting for some lightning bolt moment or something. And sometimes we just need to do the right thing. And when it comes to the Lord, we just need to be obedient, even if we don't feel like being obedient. And in the context of what we're talking about now, sometimes we just need to make the healthy decision. And then later our hearts will follow. I mean, you hear about people, you know, starting to run, like you mentioned, you didn't want to run, you go out running and then you go, Hey, wait a second, this is pretty cool. So your heart sort of follows your feet in that instance. Anyway, I just, I love how the Lord works. And just, you know, back to something you said earlier, Janelle, about getting out in nature and how our bodies are designed for that. What I love about that is that it's not this like new age kind of thing. It's like our, the God designed us for this, you know? And so he works through that stuff. Like when we exercise our bodies, when we treat our bodies like temples, he shows up and he allows us to be more present, you know, like you mentioned, Andrew, for your marriage and for your family. And that's, I want to drive into that point a little bit because, you know, obviously personal health, you know, individually super important we want to be healthy in our marriages but we also want to model it for our kids and you touched on this andrea i wonder if you guys can just develop that a little bit more how do we get our kids involved in some of these things so that we can help pass on to them a life of healthy physical activity you know try to pull them away from the screens as much as possible i don't know what do you guys do in your family you mentioned walking what other kind of things do you do to pass that on to your kids yeah, you know, I, I believe we, we are the average of the five closest people we hang out with. Mm. And so right now we are an influence to our children. As, as they get older, we'll be less of an influence. But we've always said, even as like, I've had, I've had friends bring their kids over. I'm like, I'll just let you know, you, my kids aren't going to eat vegetables. And I'm like, oh, yes, they will. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that. Because there are sometimes, you know, I, I hear that, yeah, my kid's not going to eat that. And I'm like, you know what? I guarantee you, eventually, your kid will get hungry enough to eat it. Yeah. No, no, no my, my buddy from Australia, he was over. And he's like, oh, my daughter's not going to eat any vegetables. And I was like, right. So he came back, and she's eating spinach and carrots. And he went, 
what did you do? And I said, I, so one of the best tips is just no thank you bite. You need to give me two or three or whatever number you decide, no thank you bites. And it's just human beings love, they crave what they're doing. So if I'm sitting on a couch watching movies, I want to sit on the couch more and watch more movies. If I'm drinking, um, if I'm drinking beer, I want more beer. If I'm eating pizza, I want more pizza. But if I'm if I'm lifting weights, I want more weights. If I'm drinking water, I want more water. If we're out walking and we committed to 15 minutes. We usually want to keep walking because yeah. it feels so good. And physiologically, when we're eating different foods and we say, "Okay, I'm going to actually go for this the the salad or you know the leaner yeah. thing. I'm not going to get the kids might be getting Chick Fil A, but I'm doing something different." When you make that choice, even what happens in your gut bacteria physiologically is changing. You want, yeah. our, we want more of what we already have in there. So it's that's why we more biodiversity. Yeah. And that's so. kind of jumped into that topic, but all that to say, that is, hasn't it amazing? God made our bodies like that. We have certain strains of bacteria that are present throughout our digestive system that if they're, if they're present, certain strains will make us crave more vegetables, more, more like fermented foods. And we'll yeah. find ourselves wanting more because we're, we're eating it. We're eating more of what our body needs. So it's kind of, it yeah. is that it's, we are. I've had really- cravings for broccoli. Well, it used to be Snickers bars and Pepsi, you know, <laughs> right. broccoli. And it's just, you do it. And, you know, we introduced the kids to, you know, going to Ethiopian food at a young age and having two uh, adopted kids, their palates, like they got Lunchables, and Mountain Dew for dinner. That was it. But they were so, they had so no, malnutrition, you know, they, they were heavier, but they had malnutrition because they weren't getting nutritious food. But working on their palate, you know, it's like most parents, the kid goes, One of them I don't gag like reflex, this. And I will say like, you know, we we worked through that carefully, but there are certain things just like, I can't eat that. You know, <laughs> some of you parents have probably even had that with your, with your kids. And we just, we just worked through it. And I think what you started to say is, is we would just say, we don't want to make it a big deal. We don't want to make food a stressor for kids. Yeah. And especially with like healthy body image, all of that. We definitely don't want to get into the, you don't want to be fat or we don't want to bring in that sort of stuff at all. But it's the, hey, I understand this is a new dish. No big deal. Go ahead and just do your tuna thank you bites next. Like I'm yeah. not spending a lot of time. I'm, sh- I'm not making a PBJ. It's like, yeah. oh, this is what we do. Yeah, so this is it. We eat together as a family. If you don't want to eat that, that's your choice. But there's nothing else. <laughs> Into the road. <laughs> One other topic that I think flows into what you guys have been talking about, you've touched on, I think, a little bit, but I wanted to sort of put an exclamation point on this is this whole idea of energy, because it would be easy. Okay. If you're not physically active now, I think it would be easy to look at that and go, yeah, what you just said is going to make me tired. And I'm already tired. And obviously that's not true. So I wonder if you guys can kind of flip that on its head and say, no, this is actually, this is the path to greater energy and vitality and the ability, you know, bring it back to families to be present for your spouse, to be present for your kids, to be able to do some of these things where you can give them experiences of real life and really be involved in ministry and that kind of thing. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah. So for me, it, you know, this is the sort of the, the visual think of a cup and we want to fill this cup up. And then we want to give the overflow of the cup. And so I've been there when I've woke up and I felt like a three hour tent, like crawled out of bed, hardly could stand up, exhausted, eating crap, not working out and, and like dragging myself through the day. If I look at my life, what, 
what's the evidence of my priorities? And number one was work. Number two was kids. Number three was my wife. And number four was me. But that, that was the evidence of where I put my focus. And I was like, right, that, that's exhausting me. And I was like, what should it be? And I was like, it should be God, number one. And then it should be me, number two, which might sound really selfish, but if I'm not good, I haven't got any overflow to pour into my marriage. My marriage should be number three before my children. And I tell my kids all the time, I said, I like your man better than you guys. I said, because you guys are all going to leave me. She stays with me forever. <laughs> and I said, so if I don't invest in my marriage, I'm, I can't be the role model for them. Preach it. I mean, I tell my kids all the time when Katie and I are having talk time at the end of the night and kids start coming downstairs, you know, like, hey, back upstairs. I'm having time with my wife. She's my wife before she's your mom. <laughs> That's awesome. I so love it. Once you get your priority in place. I go, well, what fills me up? And I go, right, being in nature fills me up. I feel God's presence. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm like, oh, God, that was beautiful. Or seeing the stars, I dare you to see the stars without light around. And then not be in awe of his creation. Not feel like you, your problems now are super small because you can see the vastness of the, the, the universe. And, you know, and then making sure that my marriage is a priority, like, hey, am I meeting her needs? Am I putting her at a high priority? Then my kids and then work. Now, that's my priority list, but it's not my time list. Work still gets my majority of my time. Kids get the second amount of time marriage, you know, so my priority list is different than my time list. Yeah, that we've spent a lot of time talking about that because you're right. If you were to look at a pie chart of your day of where your time is going, yeah, majority for a lot of a lot of you guys, it's it, majority is work, yeah. but that's not the priority. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is deciding, and you know, it's different for everybody. So Andrew's saying nature, it's it's what is it for you that you know you need to do for your own mental, physical, emotional well-being. But if it's getting outside, maybe it's getting back into getting a club volleyball that you're going to a couple nights a week where you're playing volleyball or an indoor soccer or whatever. Table, ball, table tennis, rock climbing, kayaking, like, you know, there's Find so many things. Find something that lights you up Martial that you love doing. And you just, you make it a priority and it will benefit. It'll percolate through the other areas of your life. And it gives you something to talk about. How was work? How's the kids? And it's like, how was, how was Krav Maga? You know, and you're like, oh, crap, my God, I learned this new technique. And it's like, how was rock climbing? You know, how was volleyball? Like, it's important. And we talk about this. Sometimes the best thing I, I can do for my marriage. Oh, here he comes. Is kick Janelle out. Kicks me out. She's done with the kids. <laughs> like, she's She needs a break. And she needs to go and do something fun and not be a wife and not be a mother and not be a business owner. Just go be Janelle right. somewhere. Hence the Zumba class. Right, right. We do talk about that and it's never out of anger and it's never get out of here, but it's like, it's kind of that, or I'm kicking you out. So I know that Tuesday nights and Thursday mornings at the least that those are the times when he's always with the kids and I'll, you know, what I'm going to do. So I would say, you know, again, I'm thinking of like the, as busy families and there's so much going on. You have to think of that, those priorities and what makes you come alive because when you're more alive, your marriage is going to be yeah. better. Your kids can see that we can, Put a smile on for so long, but when you're yeah. beaming because you just went out and had some fun and it might just need to be that it's 20 minutes at a time. So that's, you have to decide what it is for you. So our time was pretty much from 
first thing in the morning to the, and we kind of know our, our schedule. And sometimes that's reading aloud with the kids at night. So we're putting that stuff in place, those big, the big rocks, the things no one else can do. No one else can read aloud to my kids at night. I mean, the but like, it's not it the, same. the same. So we sit around the living room, we go through a book. It's good for me. It relaxes and me. And that's not every night, you know? Right. And, and I think that's the thing. It's just going, hey, what do I have? What do I have to give? And it's like, I'll take the kids for a bike ride. And so it's like, how do we, how can we be active together? You see a lot of parents that sat watching the kids play soccer on a Saturday morning. It's like, well, then go play soccer with your kids during the week. You know, it's like, like we like to ski, we like to ride, but it's like, how can we stop being a, a spectator, start being a participant and a kid want quality time. So whether that's playing baseball with your kid, whether it's playing football, um, or, asking them to walk and talk. Yeah. Tell them about your day. Let's go walk and talk. Mm, yeah. I mean, just, just this week, Titus, our son, who's 12, who was trying out for a basketball team, that was as good an t- opportunity as any to say, hey, let's go outside. And we spent, you know, a little over an hour together. And it was just some of the best time we've ever, ever had as father and son. And, you know, we like to, you know, got this word strategic and we like to, you know, have these big concepts. It didn't feel all that strategic. It was just us being father, son. And it was so life-giving. And afterwards he was just like, God, thank you so much. Like, and it didn't take all that much of my time. And it reminded me that it's the kind of thing I want to do so much more of because it allows us to be unified as families. Um, it allows us to get to know each other better. I mean, and, and we all know sports, I mean, it's just one type of physical activity, but sports is kind of a microcosm for life. You learn how to, you know, win with grace and lose without complaining and, you know, respect the authority of the refs and, you know, all that stuff comes with sports and we'll get more of that if we engage our kids in, in physical activity. So anyway, that's, uh, I love that you guys are modeling that. I love that you're bringing your kids into it. And I really think that, if we can make a commitment that as families, as you guys have talked about, we'll not only have energy for ourselves and feel better, but we will be more actively involved in their lives because we'll have the health that can allow us to do all these things that we talk about. And, and I did want to touch on this, the idea that if we're not, if we fail to make this a priority, like if, you know, we kind of listen to this and listen to, to you guys and say, yes, I don't know. We'll see, you know, life's kind of hard. You know, there's a, there's a danger there, right? We could get into sedentary lives. We could let years go by, not make this a priority at all, let our health slip. And I'm not trying to be doomsday here, but we know what can happen, right? Can you guys talk about that? Can you talk about what we do need to avoid and why it's so important that we to keep our health through the years? Yeah. Well, when I met Janelle, um, she had both her grandmothers. And I lost all of my grandparents, by the way, age of 10. And I never got to know them. And because it was cancer and heart disease, you know, and that's obviously a lot of lifestyle. And back, yeah, back then, smoking, like whatever, they didn't think it caused a problem and all of that. But I remember being shocked. And one of my good friends who's in his 40s still has grandparents. And I was like, what's that like? Like to have a grandparent in your life, I just, I didn't know what it was. So it sounds funny, but I want to be around for my grandkids. I want to be around for my great grandkids and my food choices today are going to impact that. But the point of life is to let go of who we used to be. Like, you know, Christ said, we're born again. 
Well, we can leave those behaviors that maybe our parents taught us behind. And we can look at it and go, what did my parents teach me that was great? What did my parents teach me that wasn't great? Well, that's not who I am. I'm going to leave that behind. And so it's just like, you know, we're here. I was like, again, this is how I think. I was like, what if my great grandkid really needed me? But because I eat donuts, I never get to meet them. It's sometimes just finding a different definition. And it's interesting to kind of hear inside your brain a little bit of what goes on. You know, and I and I say feelings off, commitment on. So if you have a goal, if you know that your health is not where it should be, and that doesn't mean we're not measuring to perfection. We're just saying if you know whether it's something measurable you received back, you know, a, a lab result, something like yeah. that, or you just know your pants aren't fitting yeah. and, and you're not feeling as healthy. Um, if you're finding yourself mentally sluggish, you're feeling like I don't have that energy, then it does matter yeah. what we say yes to. So feelings off, we go off of feelings. Like Andrew's saying, we're going to go for the good feeling of what it feels that like moment. to have a Frappuccino, you know, in our, in our, in our mouth and swallowing it down like that whole experience. We're going to go for that feeling instead of the feeling of be having mental clarity and feeling just overwhelming gratitude and a healthy body. And, and that we're saying we have to choose one of those feelings. So we have to sometimes recognize this is a feeling and my feelings are off. Commitment is on the kid. Maybe they are getting Chick-fil-A. Maybe there's yeah. something that we're getting for them. And it's, it's, you know, soccer yeah. night, whatever, but that doesn't mean we have to, and it does, or it means that we can get the, what I like to get the super salad and the grilled chicken. <laughs> you can choose some, a different choice, you know, than the fries and all the things. So it's not judgment. There's no condemnation. I always come back to, it's two different places in the Bible. First Timothy, and I can't even think of the second one for Chronicles, but um, about how we should not be mastered by anything. Right. You know, uh, everything's permissible. Yeah but not everything's beneficial. And I, this is something that I worked through in college and went through a, a, a program actually for a, over a little over a year because I really had disordered eating and it really was affecting me in all, in all, in all ways, mentally, physically, emotionally. And that verse is just forever in my mind that everything's permissible. It's not that the yeah. chocolate caramel's bad no. or I'm not going to label any certain foods bad, but everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. It's like, is my food going to take my energy away or is it going to give me energy? Right. Is it because this is the deal. I've been depressed, lying on the couch, not wanting to get up, but I've never met an energetic depressed person. Right. Now, if, if I could double a depressed person's triples, a depressed person's energy levels, they're going to look at life a lot differently. And I think most people that eating food to try and get energy, but it's robbing them later. It's mm -hmm. robbing them an hour and a half later. They're going to Starbucks to get the, you know, I don't know, 500 milligrams of caffeine or whatever it is, because they don't have energy, but it takes energy away from them later. And so it's about sustainability. So I'm, I'm not looking to be a male model or anything like that. I want to have the energy that fuels my marriage, fuels my kids, fuels my business, and allows me to experience joy on a more regular basis. Mm, that's awesome. But yes, I will say that's a big thing is just having a different frame around it. We need to sometimes as Christians, and maybe you'll hear this today as you guys are listening, but sometimes if there's a story we're telling ourselves, we just need to say, you know what? That's an old story that's not even serving me anymore. Everything's permissible. And so don't be jumping on diet or something. Everything's permissible. You know what's beneficial. Is it beneficial or is it not? 
food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but I will not be mastered by anything. And I know there was a time that I was mastered by the taste of food and it was this unhealthy overeating, then exercising, you know, over-exercising this whole like ugly cycle that was just laced with so much guilt and self-condemnation. And sometimes I forget because that was half my life ago, but mm-hmm. it's amazing how many men and women we talk to that are in their forties and in their fifties that are like, oh, I'm, that's like, that's my story. Yeah. So sometimes that's what we need to throw off. We need to throw off those shackles. And it's just maybe just starting with that first, everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. So we're coming into the holidays and someone at work brings in some of those, whatever those, whoever created these sloth cookies or crumble cookies that are like, they taste way too good. Um, you know, but it's, are you going to choose that? Is that part of your goal? People bring things in. What is it you're going to say yes to? I'll tell you, I had to say, you know what? I'm going to say yes to a couple different cookies that my mom would make. So I thought that's important for me. It's part of Christmas. It's something I'd like to be able to have. And so when I was in that place, it was saying, here's a couple of things, but I don't need five. And I don't need the store-bought sugar cookies that aren't even really good. So it's deciding to come to Christmas. And it might even be if health is really your goal to say, look at your week. If there's a Christmas party or there's something and there's something you know that's going to be there that you'd like to be able to have, allow yourself to have some, but you don't need a huge piece. And so that's just our discipline. I mean, that's a whole other topic as well. I mean, our discipline is Christmas. That's being able to say, thank you, Lord, for our taste buds. Thank you that we don't just eat dry food in a bowl every day like our dogs. We're so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Oh, I love I love what you talked about, like deciding in advance. I love that. That is so powerful. If you could say to yourself like, okay, Christmas, there's tons of great food. I don't have to say no to everything. I, you know, I can say yes to a couple of things. That helps you decide in the moment. If you don't make that decision, then it's like, well, whatever somebody puts out, I'll just take whatever because I want the taste. Let's enjoy ourselves, but let's not overindulge. Knowing that food never has loved us back. Yeah. Food does not give us a feeling <laughs> that lasts. So when we start That's getting, good. oh, I will say with the food thing, one other thing I'll, I'll, I'll bring in is that we kind of early on, especially having three girls and a boy, it's very much uh, like my kids will say, if they hear a, food, a friend say, oh, I love cake oh. or I love chicken legs, whatever. Um, my kids will say, well, we can, we can, we can like food. But we don't really love food because food doesn't love us, love us back. We've definitely heard that we kind of go. Is that, is that <laughs> Otherwise people build a relationship with food. It's like, oh, I love pizza. And now, now it's a breakup, which is a lot harder to do rather than, <laughs> so I like mountain biking. Don't love it. Like it because it's a thing. I love my wife. But if I said, hey, I love mountain biking. I love my wife and I love donuts. Right. Like, I, I want to save the word love for my marriage and children. That's right. Does that make sense? And it's a powerful word. I love it. That is awesome, guys. Wow. So hopefully that feels like strategy. I mean, yeah. I think looking at what we want for our family, we do need to have a strategy. Mm-hmm. Andrew and I are different personality types. I'm definitely uh, a free spirit hippie at heart, but I've learned how to be really structured. And There's no other option. You know, if you want a successful marriage, successful kids, health, we both are like fly by your seats to your pants type of people. Naturally, we would. It doesn't work with four kids and marriage and business and wanting to be healthy. Like if you show me your calendar, I'll tell you what your success is in your marriage. If date nights aren't on your calendar, there's a problem. 
But, you know, like Janelle said, how many times are we scrolling through Facebook? If interacting one-on-one with the kids isn't on the calendar, it's probably not going to happen. And I love how you talked about the basketball gram, because sometimes it can just be as simple as that. Hey, Mondays, I'm going to have a time that kind of carved out with this kid. And it might be 20, 30 minutes. And you just, it doesn't have to be so, like, again, we shouldn't overthink it. Decide what that's going to be. And maybe how are you kind of rotating it? But we at least need a strategy and then see how God shows up. And you have these moments like you did playing basketball with Titus. This is something to ask your kids. What's one of your best memories with me? And, you know, I get my, one of my kids is like hiking with you, dad. I was five years old and it was so cold and we'd run to the shafts of light to warm up. And it's my best memory ever with you. So guess what she wants to do. She wants to go hiking, you know, and it's not like our kids have traveled a lot. They don't mention all the places we've taken them. Now they mention the purpose, presence and time that we spent with them on some of the simplest things. One of the other best memories of one of my other kids was me getting up with her in the middle of the night as she was learning to be body trained. One of the adopted kids. At but, age seven. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'd get up and I'd wash the sheets and she would shower up and I'd make the bed and I'd get up again and again and again with her. And she said that was the best memory of her life. And she said, because I learned that you're never going away. You're always going to be there for me. And you, you know, no matter what I do, you're going to love me. Like her magic moment with me was urine like that's that's it it doesn't have to be no i know what you mean elaborate i took him to disneyland and i you know and you know we swam in uh the loch ness we, I swam, loch ness yeah, with her and she didn't even mention that she's like when you got up and you showed me that that you're gonna be my dad you're not going away you know i thought about that when i was changing it was our first daughter's our, our second child hannah she's now 10 and i remember you know getting up in the middle of the night and rocking her sleep or whatever. And, you know, this thought hit me one of these days, she's going to be a young woman. And all of these experiences now, they may not feel like they mean much. It's just like I lost sleep or whatever, but they all are going to contribute to that moment as she grow. you know, all those moments when she grows up and I'll be able to say I was there. Like it was, it was hard, but I was there. And like it, like it just adds complexity and layers of meaning and, even the hard stuff. And I love how you, how you guys talked about the, just the mundane, you know, sometimes we seek these mountaintop experiences, which are great. I mean, we went to Colorado. We loved it. We had mountaintop experiences, but man, life is lived in the mundane. I I stole that from John Eldridge, get your life back, which you guys recommended, which is really enjoyed. But just, I I love how he, he talks about just life is the Christian life is lived in the mundane, everyday faithfulness. And you guys model that so well, which is awesome. Before we go, I want to ask you guys, if you could give us a quick, what is the Love Plus Money podcast? Just give people like a teaser in case they want to check you guys out there. All right. I'll give the teaser. So it's called Love Plus Money because when it all comes down to it, there's two big parts of our life that we have to be intentional and strategic with. And that's how we love. It's our relationships. It's parenting if you're a parent it's loving ourselves it's loving, you know, it's that loving love, god that love part and then it's how are we going to make a living how are we going to make money because we do need that currency in this life so what is that going to look like how much of that is going to be give contribute to your worth and your identity so we have love and we have money and how can we do both of those well how so can how we can do we success do, well how know? can we do success well and we help people unpack well, what is success for you? Because we are here to say success is your faithfulness in the mundane and those 
those those wins along the way. So it's um, it's definitely focusing in on those key parts of yes, our health. We talk about health. That's part of one of our businesses is really specifically on helping people be mentally mentally well and that gut brain connection. But also having a life giving home. Yeah, the money side of success. Yeah, well, we've got a two part relationship series on how to improve your marriage. We've got Dr. Chapman. Dr. Gary Chapman of the Love Languages. So talking about strategy with kids, if you're kind of wondering where to start, he just talked with, with us about his latest yeah. book, What I What I Wish I Knew Before My Kids Were Teens. So it's good. We've good got time Dr. Sean Albert uh, talking about mental fitness. Um, and it's, yeah. And so, which is a great book. Um, and then we've got a professional organizer on how to, you know, have your house. Different, different different hacks for the home. So we just feel like if we can just, you know, again, knowing no one else can take the spouse on the on the date. No one else can pour into your child like you can, and no one else can be the kid and the friend. Only you can. So those things that you can only do, schedule them. We need to do them well, and if that's going to be part of our legacy, we have to do it well. So then it's what can we. Um, what can we delegate? So we talk a lot about that. So when you're yeah. busy and you're juggling a lot, sometimes it's good just to zoom out and say, okay, what is my main responsibility? Yeah, one of the one of the podcasts is the illusion of balance, you know, and people are trying to balance things and it always fails, you know. So again, check it out. Um, yeah, and then we we dive into many different subjects. So everything just comes down to love and money and and doing that well. And our intent is that it encourages people and especially in their in their faith to be, to have that space between their work life and family that they feel encourages them in the journey. Fantastic. Well, I encourage everybody to go check you guys out wherever you get podcasts, love plus money and Janelle, Andrew, it's been a real joy to hear from you guys and learn from you. So many good takeaways, so many good challenges. And I think uh, anybody listening to this can at least take away one and probably like 10 things that that you guys have challenged us on and say yeah we can do better in our families we can be more strategic we can be healthier we can be more active and it's so cool that if we take those little steps of faithfulness i believe that god will show up in big ways so um, thank you guys for modeling that and for teaching us so much today thank you so much we can do it we can do it because god is faithful and because god gives us the strength so don't rely on your own strength when we do that uh, we, we get discouraged mm-hmm. So yeah. knowing that we can make that change or whatever it was, maybe that jumped out to you today, not by, by our strength, but because of the strength that we have through Christ Jesus. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your time and all your wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Wonderful. God bless everyone. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You too. Andrew, Janelle, wow, how do you guys manage to do all this? So cool what the Lord is doing through you and your family and how you guys are modeling faithfulness to Him. Thank you so much for encouraging and challenging us today. All right, what do you say, folks? Let's get active with our kids. Let's make healthy choices so we can have the energy to be present and ready to be on mission for the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and make sure to check us out on strategicfamilies.com and sign up for our email list there. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions on others to bring on the podcast, please pass those along. All right. So dive in with your kids and let's be strategic for God's kingdom and God's glory. We'll see you next time.